Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The new year has started much the same way as the previous one ended. Mass poverty, war, discrimination, racism and global fascism on the rise. A significant event occurred in Paris on the 23rd of December. A man opened fire on a Kurdish precinct, killing three people. They happen to be well-known activists, and this appears to be an intentional terrorist attack on the Kurdish people living in Paris. Over the next three weeks on Accent of Women, we're going to tell this story. My guest is Sarah Marsha, a spokesperson for the Kurdish Women's Association based in Paris, the group of people who were directly targeted by this attack. Here's Sarah. So on the 23rd of December, a man uh, came in front of our uh, centre, the uh, Democratic uh, Kurdish Council in France, and he started to shoot in the, on the people. So in this attack, uh, one woman, which is a representative of the Kurdish uh, women movement here in France, has been killed. Another man that was a patriotic person from Kurdistan, Abdurrahman Kazil, also has been uh, has been killed. And um, uh, a third one was an artist called Mir Perwer. He was a Kurdish artist also. So this man that opened fire against the uh, uh, Kurdish uh, community has been after going to two Kurdish shops. And uh, so we know that uh, at the beginning, all the medias were speaking about um, extreme right person, a racist person that acts as isolated, um, not organized. Uh, But uh, because of the situation in Kurdistan right now, that there is a lot of tension in Kurdistan, in Turkey, Turkish state also, it's like attacking the fourth part of Kurdistan. At the same time, also like the Kurdish women movement were in preparation of the 10th anniversary of another massacre that happened 10 years ago in 2013 uh, in Paris when uh, three uh, Kurdish uh, women activists has been killed by um, an agent of a secret service of a Turkish state. So from the beginning, we are thinking that this is not a casualty, that the second attack uh, in Paris uh, happened uh, in that context. And so we uh, for sure like define this attack as a terrorist attack. And we want that the uh, French government and the French authorities will uh, make the investigation and the justice case in that way, uh, that we can really, really, really know what really happened, who was this man, that we we know that he was in the prison 10 days before this uh, attack. And uh, we we are convinced that uh, in prison, maybe he has been in contact with uh, some uh, terrorist cells that plan with him and suggest to him 
uh, to attack specifically uh, the not just the Kurdish community, but the Kurdish women movement that they were preparing this 10th anniversary in that time, and this specific Kurdish center that was uh, when, uh, where the uh, Kurdish uh, community that is fighting for uh, years for the freedom of the Kurdish people, for the right of the Kurdish people and the women's. Uh, so it, as it is a political attack. But right now, we don't have more uh, information about that. Well, we'll talk about specifically this man who has the name William M. And of course, we don't know any more than that. We'll talk about him in a minute. But I, I, I just want to talk about um, the attack on the 23rd of December, because three people were killed and all three of them were well-known Kurdish activists. Can you tell us a little bit about each of the three people who died? Yeah, for sure. So um, the representative of the Kurdish uh, women movement here in France uh, was uh, Evin Goyi, also uh, named as uh, Amina Kara, because as you know, like uh, in Turkey, most of the people cannot have their uh, right uh, name. So she was known here as Evin Goyi with her Kurdish uh, name. She was a political refugee and uh, she was part of the uh, women's struggle since 34 years. So she was a very uh, like experienced woman. And uh, she uh, was, uh, her family was refugee uh, first in uh, other part of Kurdistan, uh, political refugees. After also she joined the struggle for freedom of uh, Kurdish people and uh, women. And uh, she were uh, like uh, also like fighting against Daesh, for example. She also joined all the process, revolutionary process uh, of the women and the peoples in North and East Syria. And she has been injured, injured. And so for that, she uh, came to, to France. And in France, she was also organizing the uh, women, organizing the society. She was uh, working like as activist, but also as comrade, no? Because what is very important to know, it's like uh, what is the most important value in the Kurdish women movement, it's a comradeship. It's how we can bring community together, women together, and uh, struggle for the right of the Kurdish people, but not just for the Kurdish people, for all the oppressed people in the in the world, uh, and specifically in, in Middle East, how to uh, bring democracy to our life, a democracy based on women's liberation and ecology also. So she was making the social and political work. Also, she was um, like connected uh, with other women's uh, organizations here in France, trying to uh, see what are the problem of the women, what are our common goals, how we can fight against the violence against women, how we can also stop feminicide in Kurdistan, in Middle East, but also uh, in Europe and other parts of the world, because as we know that the violence against women, it's a systematic uh, like uh, issue, and that maybe it's taking different um, form in different places, but at the end, the roots of the problem are the same, the same problem as dominant mentality, male mentality. And so uh, this friend, because she was making this uh, collective work 
she uh, has been uh, like uh, targeted we are sure of it she has been targeted by this uh, attack specifically so for that also we uh, define this new attack as a feminicide uh, political feminicide is very important so two other person that has been also killed in this terrorist attack uh, one of them was Mir Perwer. Mir was a famous um, Kurdish artist. He was a young artist. In Kurdistan, uh, like and in Turkey, he has been uh, put in jail because he was singing in his mother tongue. He was singing the love and the struggle of his land. Uh, when he came out of the prison, he has been continuing uh, to be uh, like... Um, persecuted by the uh, Turkish authorities that they wanted to prevent him to sing and to sing in his uh, mother language. So he has been forced to uh, leave uh, the, his country and to come to France as a refugee, political refugee. And here he was continuing uh, singing every time for the community. He was also uh, participating to build a cultural event, cultural a project so he was also actively uh, like uh, expressing his love for his country and also for his people that was in struggle and the third person was Abdurrahman Kazil Abdurrahman uh, was uh, uh, like we can say like a patriotic uh, person it means that he never uh, like uh, gave up with his culture, with his history, he was uh, coming to the uh, cultural center here in Paris. And like he was part of, of his community here. He was also a political refugee. So the three person, uh, as also Evin Goy, they were a political refugee here, uh, but every time with a hope. Uh, and uh, struggling actively to uh, free their country, to make a democratization of not just Kurdistan, but also Turkey and all Middle East, like trying to have a political solution uh, for, uh, for uh, Kurdistan and all the peoples, not just Kurdish people, but all the peoples living in this uh, territory. So, um, yes, it's um, theoretically like when you are refugee politically, uh, that the state where you are arriving, where you are in exile, has to protect you. But in that case, as uh, a French state uh, was not uh, protecting, uh, 10 days between 10 and 20 days before the uh, like uh, massacre, the attack in Paris, representative of the Kurdish Council in, here in Paris had uh, like a um, conversation like uh, with the uh, um, French uh, authorities of security and they were sharing with them their uh, fear that because we were in the 10th anniversary of the first uh, assassination, the first attack of Paris in 2013, that and that the situation now in Turkey and Kurdistan and Middle East in general was very, very, very tense. So they were uh, like advising that uh, they need more protection because maybe uh, an attack can be done against uh, the uh, Kurdish liberation movement. Uh, but the French authorities didn't give importance, like uh, meaning to this advice. And at the end, we know what happened on the 23rd of December.
And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. My guest today is Sarah Marsha, spokesperson for the Kurdish Women's Association based in Paris. We're talking about the attack that happened on the Kurdish precinct in Paris on the 23rd of December. In your description, you talked about the 10-year anniversary of another massacre that happened on the in January 2013. During that massacre, the three other PKK activists were killed. Can you just remind listeners about specifically this event? Yes, so the 9th of January of 2013, three women has been assassinated in uh, in Paris. They were in the office of the uh, inf- of information of Kurdistan. So it's in the heart of Paris. The second massacre also, like both of them are in the uh, center of Paris. This is very important to, to tell it. And uh, so a man called uh, Omer Gunay, that uh, is after like in the investigation, we could uh, know that uh, he was uh, agent of uh, secret, Turkish secret service. And also he was part of an, an organization uh, called the Grey Wolf, which is a fascist nationalist organization uh, in Turkey. So he was infiltrated in the uh, Kurdish uh, liberation movement here in France. And so he has uh, killed uh, three women. The first of w- these women were, was uh, Sakina Jansis. Sakina Jansis uh, was uh, very known uh, internationally because she was one of the uh, women that uh, she was part of the foundation of the PKK, so the um, Kurdish, like a uh, worker party of Kurdistan that has been um, founded in uh, 1978. And uh, she is a woman that she has been in prison uh, during the uh, dictature in Turkey in the 80s. Uh, she suffered a lot of torture. She suffered a lot of uh, attacks from uh, the military uh, regime in that time in this prison. But at the same time, also she was a symbol, uh, a symbol for the struggle of the woman because she was uh, one of the founders also of the Kurdish women movement. And she every time struggled collectively with the woman that they will um, continue inside the prison and outside the prison their struggle. Uh, she has been so uh, more than forty years in the in the uh, in the in the struggle for her women and and the people, and uh, so she has been directly targeted by this attack. Uh, she was in France to make uh, diplomatic work uh, to meet with other women, with other people, and trying to uh, find a way to make uh, peace in Kurdistan and uh, like to find a political solution. The second woman was Fidan Dogan. Fidan, uh, she was also a Kurdish woman that was very, very known uh, here in France, but also in Europe. She was working with the uh, Kurdish women movement also in the diplomatic field. Uh, she was a woman that she was loved by everybody. Everybody that uh, known her uh, was very, very, very um, like touched by 
by what happened. And uh, even also like the prime minister of France uh, in that time said that he knew her. So that she was really making a work of trying to bring the people together and to try to make a change in the uh, politic, uh, international politics of uh, European Union according to uh, Turkey, Kurdistan, and Middle East in general. Uh, she was really, we can say, also kind of vanguard also for, for this uh, in Europe. And the third woman was uh, Leila uh, Shailemez. Leila Shailemez, she was representing the young uh, generation of Kurdish women. Uh, so Leila, she was uh, from the uh, youth uh, Kurdish women movement, and she was trying to, at the same time, to uh, take the heritage of the struggle of all these women that were fighting, struggling since uh, 40 years, and to transmit it also to the new generation to take the relay, to continue uh, in a long-term way uh, this uh, struggle. So in this uh, assassination in Paris in 2013, there are, we can say, kind of three generations of women that has been uh, targeted. Um, and uh, at the beginning also, the investigation also like the medias were speaking about an internal like a conflict inside uh, the uh, Kurdish liberation movement. Uh, but uh, the Kurdish people knew that it's not right, that it was not like this, and they could find a way to continue the investigation and to find the um, killer and the background of the killer, Omer Gunai. And so uh, this is very, very important to know that uh, that the Kurdish people knows very, very, very well the situation, the political situation and the struggle in which they are. And so uh, they know that uh, even what the media can say or what the maybe at the beginning the um, police can say, they know who is uh, in the background of these uh, attacks. So it has been proved. But unfortunately, uh, the killer of Sakine Leila and Fidan uh, was sick uh, and uh, he died some days. It was mysterious, um, like a death, but uh, he died some days before he uh, was uh, starting the uh, like process in the, in the court, like the court case. Uh, so at the beginning, like uh, the justice and the uh, authorities wanted to close this affair, like this case. But because of the struggle of the Kurdish women movement and the Kurdish community and the, all the institution of Kurdish people representing here uh, the uh, movement of liberation, that um, a lot of proof has been done that this crime has been ordered by uh, eight uh, figure of the uh, Turkish state. So one of them is for sure the president Erdogan by itself and also uh, all the directors of the um, secret service in Turkey. So um, uh, the case, it can continue, but in order to judge the real uh, person that orders this crime, we need some document like the uh, Kurdish Women Movement and uh, like uh, the justice and the lawyers uh, needs uh, some documents, but these documents are um, put as 
uh, defense secrets by uh, the uh, French state. So, uh, and until today, 10 years after, we don't have this document. So one of our uh, main struggle, it's to um, push the French authorities, government to open this document to give this document to the justice that justice can be happen and that we can make the light about what happened 10 years ago. And we are convinced that in order to um, know what happened also uh, in December of uh, end of last year, we need to know what happened 10 years ago. We need to judge the person that orders these crimes uh, and if we don't do that if uh, all the crime made against Kurdish women Kurdish people that it's crime against humanity all the women and all the people are in danger if uh, justice it's not done on this case and uh, that political crimes cannot be unpunished uh, in the in France in Europe or anywhere in the world You've talked a lot about how these, the two incidents, the one in January 2013, the one in December 2022, were hate-motivated massacres. Before we look at that specifically, I want to ask you, other than the, the two massacres that we've just talked about, is there generalised discrimination or racism towards Kurdish people in France? And if there is, what does that look like on a day-to-day -day level? So... Actually, uh, we can we can say that directly, uh, like Kurdish community has never been targeted by extreme rights, um, like like people of uh, France or like we can say like by racist attacks. But uh, what is sure, like it's like uh, every time the Kurdish community and it's continuing since the second attack also is facing attack from uh, nationalist or fascist uh, groups uh, like uh, originally from uh, Turkey. Uh, so this is this we can say it's like we can say that uh, this um, like a nationalistic approach uh, against Kurdish uh, people. It's uh, in the, all the social media, sometimes uh, physical attacks also uh, by uh, these uh, people that they are close to a grey wolf uh, organization, for example, or, or nationalistic uh, Turkish uh, groups, we can say. Um, but uh, what it's also uh, important to say, it's like there is from, uh, for sure, because of the lobbies of Turkish um, government of AKP, of Erdogan and MHP uh, in, uh, in uh, European uh, Union, uh, there is criminal criminalization of a uh, Kurdish liberation movement uh, here in Europe and uh, the uh, women's uh, struggle also. So uh, because uh, in the uh, 90s, uh, the PKK has been put as a terrorist organization has been declared by uh, Europe as uh, like a terrorist organization. Uh, after the demand of uh, Turkey, for sure. Uh, and also uh, because there are different interests also of the NATO 
members. So Turkey is the second army of NATO, and there are different like uh, political, military, and uh, economical uh, interests of uh, NATO members uh, in that case. And so uh, Kurdish people that are, uh, we can say, defending a free Kurdistan uh, and a democratic issue uh, linked to uh, the inspiration of the uh, PKK are constantly uh, like uh, criminalized uh, in, in, in Europe. So this is part of our struggle because this criminalization it's also adding a lot of tension in the political uh, situation around the Kurdish question. Um, but uh, that for that also we want to uh, be clear that we think we really are convinced that this is not a, a, a just a racist attack. It means that for sure maybe this man, the killer of the 23rd of December of 2022, uh, for sure he had uh, we can say like in the past image this kind of attack and for sure like as we know like all the uh, racist mind nationalist mind like the the violence that these ideologies are spreading in all the society in france in turkey everywhere uh, that uh, it's uh, for sure influencing the people but what we think it's like and the, uh, William M. T told it uh, to the to the police. He said, "I wanted to kill Kurds." So what we want to know is how all this political situation, and maybe the people that he meet in the prison, maybe it can be nationalistic, uh, like nationalist uh, people from. Uh, Turkey, maybe it could be also some cells of Daesh that we know, like uh, Islamic State, it's still organizing people, or maybe other groups that are against, uh, like uh, the uh, freedom of uh, Kurdish people and the democratic project that uh, the Kurdish people in Turkey and in Middle East that are uh, like um, making on going. Uh, so maybe it can be like this, but what we want to be really insist is like we know that this is a political uh, crime, uh, that it's as the aim to uh, attack the uh, democratic project and mostly like the women's liberation pro project of uh, the uh, liberation movement of Kurdistan. That was Sarah Marsha spokesperson for the Kurdish Women's Association based in Paris, the group of people who were directly targeted by the attack on the 23rd of December 2022. Tune in next week and the week after for the conclusion of this story. And that's all we've got time for on today's program. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kungeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. 
If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.